0: I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic, digestion, and discussion. Please stay with us. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined by nobody yet, but somebody's coming. Our job today is to talk about telehealth. And recently, actually just a couple of two three days ago, um, our local congressman, Mike Thompson, with some others, uh, bipartisan folks, uh, reintroduced a bill uh, called Protecting Access to Post-COVID-19 Telehealth Act of 2021. This includes a broadly popular provision such as eliminating geographic and originating site restrictions. Uh, this is... Uh, Um, And I was hoping to speak with uh, Beth Hadley, one of our stalwarts here at uh, KSVY, and find out she'd had a a town hall with um, Mike uh, Thompson recently, the last couple of days. But I I, I missed that. I wasn't able to be part of that. So um, uh, I didn't get a chance to find out how much he discussed it at that particular meeting. But for the benefit of those who maybe didn't go or didn't get a chance to hear that, I thought that we would both talk about telehealth in, in broadly and then uh, talk about um, uh, how it relates to us here in, in Sonoma Valley and elsewhere and close by. So, and then also later in the program, we'll be joined by a psychologist actually from a company called Teladoc. And they're basically doing telehealth uh, on a, for mental health purposes. and So we'll have a discussion about that later in the program. And it is, um, it's proven to be um, quite real in terms of the situation um, and people are, are really getting a having a hard time with uh, the fact of, of of staying at home and and f- all the things that go with that. So at any rate, uh, we'll, so we'll have a conversation about mental health uh, later in the in the program. but let's first discuss the this uh, bill that Mike Thompson and others uh, just put back into Congress. Actually, it had been originally uh, offered in July of 2020. Um, the bill was first introduced to help, that would help sa- safeguard the access to uh, virtual cal- virtual cal- care after COVID-19. And the four provisions, excuse me, Clearing the press statement are eliminate geographic and originating site restrictions to use telehealth. Medicare establishing um, uh, the patient's uh, home as an eligible distant site. That's kind of an important one because, of course, Medicare for a lot of our uh, seniors is a, a you know important element, and so having Medicare be a willing part of this process is important. Secondly, to authorize the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to continue reimbursement for telehealth for 90 days beyond the end of the public health emergency. Now, it's easy to understand why that is, and I'm presumably, and we're hoping that that will be reinstated um, because the the long haulers are so many people are having continuing uh, symptoms and continuing consequences of the COVID-19 infections so that the the business of, of enabling a future and and follow-up care is, is, is important next um, uh, make make permanent the disaster waiver authority enabling health and Human services to expand telehealth in Medicare during all future emergencies and disasters again that's pretty easy to understand um, and um, this has been one of those hard-fought, and resisted um, uh, provisions that, again, uh, we're grateful for Mike Thompson and others uh, to bring this forward. And lastly, to require a study on the use of telehealth during COVID-19, including the costs, the uptake rates, measurable health outcomes, and the racial and geographic disparities. The bill avoids some of the thorny issues around telehealth, such as coverage par- parity and or and interstate licensing issues uh, while making p- uh, permanent broadly popular policies thus limiting the geographic and originating site restrictions the unprecedented uh, pandemic has proven that telehealth not only works but is essential says Welch um, so. Uh, these practical telehealth provisions have been successfully implemented and should be continued to ensure that everyone has access to quality health care, no matter where they live or how mobile they are. This is common sense to make sure our policies keep pace with our technology. Advocates uh, praise the bill's reintroduction, noticing that it would allow older adults to continue accessing the, a wide range of medical care. So that's the announcement that I have that uh specifically about the Mike Thompson part of our 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 bring uh, early part of the program today. But I think that is important to bring up and let our listeners know these things are afoot and and, the, and so the rest of the program um is built around trying to um uh, encourage the open people to open their mind about how to both use the telehealth process and to also introduce them to some of the details of it that they may or may not have encountered. Of course, many of us have already become used to relating to our, in my case, Kaiser physician, uh, you know, with on emails and so on. But it's, it's a bigger picture than that. But even so, I have some experience, but again, I'm still relatively limited in my experience. And um, and there's, then there's all kinds of issues around, uh, the people who don't have as easy connections as I have to my computers and to the internet and things like that. Uh, but all of these things will be considered upcoming. And so we want to be kind of aware of and, and, and be, I think, ready to support these things. So I wanted, what I wanted to do before our guest came, our psychologist guest, I wanted to, uh, uh, bring some words from the Mayo Clinic the famous clinic in uh, Rochester Minnesota and also that has a clinic down in Arizona I believe and they have something to say about it and they they so I'm just going to read from their their report on telehealth this they call it telehealth technology meets healthcare this is from the Mayo Clinic staff how many times have you heard it said that the internet has transformed modern life indeed it's probably changed how you uh, stay in touch with family and friends, purchase goods and services, and even search for information about health problems. A variety of telehealth tools are available to help you manage your healthcare and receive services you need. Here's the question, are you taking advantage of them? What is telehealth? Telehealth is the, digital, is the use of digital information and communication technologies, such as computers and mobile devices, to access healthcare services remotely and manage your healthcare. These may be technology used from home that your doctor uses to improve and support your healthcare services. Consider, for example, the ways telehealth could help you if you have diabetes. You could do some of or all of the following. Use a mobile phone or other device to upload food logs, medications, dosing, and blood sugar levels for review by a nurse who responds electronically. Watch a video video on carbohydrate counting and download an app for for your phone. Use an app to estimate based on your diet and exercise levels how much insulin you need. Use an online patient portal to see your test results, schedule appointments, request prescription refills, and email your doctors. Order testing supplies and medications online. Get a mobile retinal uh, photo screening uh, at your doctor's office rather than scheduling an appointment with a specialist. Get email, text, or phone uh, reminders when you need a flu shot, a foot exam, or other preventive care. The glows of, t- of telehealth also include uh, e-health or M-Health, mobile health in other words, which include the following. Make healthcare accessible to people who live in rural and isolated communities. Make services more readily available or convenient for people with limited mobility, time, or transportation options. Provide access to medical specialists. Improve communications and coordination of care among members of healthcare team and with the patient. Provides support for self-management of healthcare. The following example, telehealth services may be beneficial for your healthcare. The patient portal. Your primary care clinic may have an online portal. These portals offer an alternative email, to which is generally insecure means to communicate about private medical information. Um, a portal provides a more secure online t- tool to do the following communicate with your doctor or nurse, request pres- prescription refills, review test results and, and summaries of previous visits, schedule appointments, and request appointment reminders. If your doctor is a large healthcare system, a portal may provide a single point of communications for any specialists you may have. That's, of course, what we have with Kaiser. Now, virtual appointments, another part of this telehealth world. Some clinics may provide virtual appointments that enable you to see your doctor or nurse via online video conferencing. These appointments enable you to receive ongoing care from your regular doctor when in-person visit isn't required or possible. Other virtual appointments include web-based visits with doctor or nurse practitioners, these services generally for minor illnesses, similar to services available at, an, at a drop-in clinic such large companies provide access to virtual doctors offices as part of the healthcare offerings when you log into a web-based service you are guided through a series of questions a doctor a nurse practitioner prescribes medication, suggests home care strategies and or recommended additional uh, medical care similar nursing Call centers is staffed with nurses who use questions and answer formats to provide answers for care in home. A nursing call center doesn't diagnose illness or prescribe medications. While these services are convenient, they have drawbacks. Treatment may not be coordinated with your regular doctor. Essential information from your medical history may not be considered. The computer-driven decision-making model may not be um, appropriate if you have a complex medical history. A virtual visit lacks a personal, strike that, excuse me, the virtual visit lacks a in-person evaluation which may um, provide a more accurate diagnosis. The services doesn't easily allow for shared doctor-patient decision-making about treatments or making plan B if an initial treatment doesn't work. Now next is about called remote monitoring. A variety of technologies enable your doctor or healthcare team to uh, monitor your your remotely. Web-based or mobile apps for uploading information such as blood glucose readings, your doctor or healthcare for your healthcare team. Devices that measure wirelessly transmit information, (coughs) excuse me, such as blood pressure, glucose, or lung functions. Wearable devices that automatically record and transmit information, such as heart rate, uh, blood glucose, gait, uh, posture control, tremors, physical activity, and sleep patterns. Home monitoring devices for older people or people with dementia to detect changes in normal activities. Such as falls. So that's for remote monitoring, and of course we do see we see we see all those ads with the fellow with a uh, little like like a cell phone like thing holding it, showing it. You're facing and what happens if you fall? You're old and you you fall, and you can push this button. Well, now of course this is much much more integrated than that, that little device that he sh- he's been showing us all these years with ads. Anyway, the other na- going on. Sorry, forgive me for my aside. Uh, doctors talking to doctors. Doctors can also take advantage of, the, of technology to provide better care for their for their patients. One example is virtual consultations that alarm, allow primary care doctors to input specialists when they have questions about your diagnosis and treatment. The primary care doctor sends uh, exam notes, history, and test results, and other images to the specialist to review. The specialist may respond electronically electronically, um, Contact a virtual appointment with your uh, doctor's office and request a face-to-face meeting. These virtual consultations may prevent unnecessary in-person uh, referrals to a specialist and reduce wait times for specialist input and in- innate unnecessary travels. Eliminates, excuse me, unnecessary travel. Um, so you see, this is a uh, a lot of has, there's a lot of pieces to this that that make this. If you use, uh, choose to be party part of it. There's a lot of opportunities here that if you know how to s- s- slice and select, you can really get a lot out of this. So going back to the report here, personal health records, electronic personal health records called PHR um, is a collection of information about your health uh, inf- that you can control and can maintain. A personal health record is accessible to you anytime versus a, a web-enabled device as your computer, laptop, or smartphone, an emergency personal health uh, record can gener- can give emergency pr- uh, personnel vital information such as current diagnosis, medications, drug allergies, and your drug and your doctor's contact information. And that could be very important. Um, this this business of um, uh, being able to use electronic means to reach out to get a bigger picture of what your status is is is, is a, I mean, for those of us who spent a long time as in practice you know, struggling to get health records and get things coordinated to be able to do things online, it, it's, it's beginning to be proving to be quite, quite useful. So now it goes on. They talk about personal health apps. A multitude of apps have been created to help consumers better uh, organize their, their medical information and in one secure place. Again, a really important thing. Uh, how, how many times have I asked my clients, "Can you bring your the, your tests? Can you bring your this? Can you bring your that?" Oh well, um, I they didn't keep track basically, and it's hard to keep track of all that stuff. So anyway, going on. This can so the the um, personal app can store personal health information, can record uh, record vital signs, can track track. Calculate and track calorie intake. Schedule reminders for taking medicines, another big one. Um, re, um, record physical activity, such as your daily step count. The potential of telehealth. The tec- Technology has pr- has, is, has a potential to improve the quality of healthcare and to make accessible more people, to more people. Telehealth may, may provide opportunities for Health care to be more efficient, better coordinated, and closer to home. Research out of tele- telehealth is relatively new, but is growing, and studies have shown both tele- telephone-based and telemonitoring of vital signs with people with heart failure reduced the risk of death and hospitalization for heart failure and improved quality of life. What are the limitations? While telehealth has a potential for better coordinated care, it also um, runs the risk of implement, of fragmenting healthcare and which can lead to gaps of care, overuse of medical care, inappropriate use of medications, and unnecessary overlapping care. The uh, potent benefits of telehealth services may be limited by the, um, I can't read this, as the ability to pay for them. Uh, the insurance reimbursement for telehealth is still varies, and of course that's what we were talking about a moment ago with uh, Mike Thompson's new bill, and the type of insurance, and some uh, people would uh, benefit most from improved access uh, and may be limited because of regional internet availability and, and co- the cost of mobile devices. So that's a survey, an overview of the situation of, of the, from the Mayo Clinic which I think is helpful for us to think because it's, it's easy to sort of pick the parts that are easy and, 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 um, but not think of it in a broader sense. And so um, we'll take a little break and then when we come back. We'll be joined, I believe, um, by the psychologist from uh, who will tell us about mental health care. Please stay with us, we'll be back with you. This is Dr. Ned Hoke and Health Matters Radio. Be back with you shortly
1: where I treat people, I've seen a huge increase in requests for mental health visits from parents in particular, and the reasons have been very similar. Parents, especially a lot of moms, feeling very overwhelmed trying to juggle working from home, helping children who are now remote learning from home. Um, they are very stressed. I've seen moms whose entire families have contracted COVID-19. So there's been a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety and depression, not being able to have the help and support that they would normally have because we're social distancing. And people are feeling really isolated.
0: Well, and, and they, they are, in fact, isolated. So they're not only feeling it, but it's a fact. And, and so... Um, what I guess what I'm hoping we might be able to I mean, we can it, it's 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 easy to imagine uh, how you know incredibly complicated the situation where that these mothers and families are facing, given all that is that which, which you gave us, you just gave us a little summary of. so, um and and for our listeners, our local listeners, as i before we joined with you t- today. I discussed I discussed the a a brand new bill that's before Congress that our local congressman is part of talking about how uh the this bill is making or attempting to make telehealth much much more available on all kinds of levels not only for moms and and, and parents but also for medicare people and so on so the the telehealth world is a is a evolving uh, opportunity as well as a as a crisis tool. So uh, one of the things we did before you joined us was we, I, I I talked about and offered our listeners a discussion from the Mayo Clinic, which discusses the pretty much the range of the opportunities that tele- telehealth represents. So, um, but specifically in the mental health area, I guess that I'm what I'm hoping we'll be able to discuss is is what 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 parents can do to help maintain their mental health during these challenging times. I mean, this is, uh, there, this is a huge, huge, uh, uh, burden that parents have not expected that would be coming their way. So maybe you could start talking about that is what, what can parents do to maintain their mental health? Yeah.
1: So i this is a conversation I've been having repeatedly with lots of parents. So, This is really a time for parents to focus on self-care, really prioritizing yourself. And self-care can mean a number of things that's uh, enjoyable to a person. It can be working out. It could be ending work time early, connecting with loved ones or families and friends, even if it's virtually, doing something that feels good for yourself. Anything like that is self-care. And one of the ways that I've seen a lot of parents taking self-care is by virtual care. If you tell about the platform, they'll use the time of the therapy session where that's their one hour, for example, during the week, where they're focused on how they feel, their emotions, and learning ways just to cope with all the stressors and really learning that it's okay for them to feel overwhelmed. That's very normal, and they've got some support. Mm -hmm. So that's one tip that I've been giving them in terms of self-care, focusing on self-care. But also keeping a structured routine is really important right now. I see a lot of parents struggling with blurring lines between, well, I'm working from home so I can work all day. You know, No, keeping to a core structured routine if for parents as well as getting kids into a regular bedtime routine, that really gives parents the opportunity to use the evening to do things that they need to get done where they can't get it done during the day. Mm-hmm. So keeping a structured routine, that allows for getting good rest, improving your diet, staying physically active, those are some benefits and tips that parents can take in order to maintain their
0: sanity during this time well of course maintaining their sanity is is uh, that's a big order given that all the things that are on the parents plate these days so uh, with all the discussions that are going on about uh, when the schools reopen and that kind of thing so uh, and so it's sort of the news uh, uh, of the of the day the, the ongoing, days, you know, days into weeks into months in terms of what, you know, when will things change? Um, I I have to imagine you as a psychologist are going to be hearing from people what, what, you know, they're going to say, what? when is this going to get better? You know, and so how do you respond to that question?
1: I get that question often. And, you know, I really talk with a lot of parents about Shifting your expectations. Um, This is a time where there's some things that really are not within parents' control. Um, Taking it one day at a time and planning for what is in front of you. So if schools are still doing a hybrid or if they're fully remote, and some schools don't have a clear plan as to when things will return. So it's talking with parents about how they can structure their day and make plans around what's in front of them right now don't sort of drive yourself crazy thinking about what could be but focus on how things are right now and shift priorities and expectations as they need to be shifted
0: hmm well of course dealing with the here and now is is of course the very problem that they're they they have too much here and now you know in a way but I know I take your point and I'm just being a little silly but at the same time the just the the imagining the, uh, I don't have children, and so I don't have any of those issues at all, so, um, but as I hear the, the, the cries that we hear from, particularly if we're listening to the news at all, the cries that are going out and the, and also the, 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 uh, the world of people who are anti-government and, and all the stresses that with a divided country kind of thing, I mean, that has to be also a, a, a part of the equation where people feel that the government is doing them wrong and, and that there's a, 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 a fake president and so on. I mean, how, how has that been at all a significant thing with regard to the burden that, that you're having to help people with? Or are people not only stressing about you know the, the 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 practical in front of them things but also the the struggle in our country i mean in other words the the identify the identification of the american enchanted uh, person you know the what's the ex- the american exceptionalism has has taken a very strong hit and and how are you finding that people that you're working with uh, dealing with that as, as part of the stress load yes yeah, so that's definitely
1: been We are in such unprecedented time, and that's definitely been a huge part of people's stressor. And I I see it as a general feeling of not being in control of what's happening in your life. There's all of these external factors from COVID-19, health, the social, political climate that's happening, I find that a lot of people I see, they struggle to be able to have conversations with maybe families or friends because there's such a divide. So I found that in sessions, that's their time to talk about how they're really feeling about these things and find areas of their life where they do have some control over mm-hmm. things. And if there's not information about things to Get more accurate information because that tends to influence
0: what they're thinking and how they're feeling. Right. Well, I, I have to believe that the the um, that those particular uh, that that business of coming back to reality, coming back to things that are identifiable as things that we can we can actually agree with. So. For, for people who are using the the uh, telehealth uh, motif of, of re- receiving care, let's start talking a little bit about the sort of the details. What is a telehealth mental health mental health visit uh, uh, what does it look like? What describe us the the, the, the general contours and outlines of what a tip, typical telehealth visit mental health visit is. Sure. So uh, with Teledox and
1: virtual care, any person could log on to teledoc.com, sign up, and they could request any medical or healthcare provider that they want. If it's a therapist or a psychiatrist, they can request that, whether it's by a phone or a video session. So during the session, they would essentially do what we would do in in office, in person, but it's virtually. And then sometimes, as I said, over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that members who use virtual care, and a lot of them because of the pandemic, this is their first time not only having mental health treatment but their first time using telehealth services. And they've often commented that it's a lot easier and much more convenient to them than they would have ever guessed.
0: Well, that the convenience factor is just striking. I mean, it's just it's wonderful to be to imagine that you could actually receive. Effective and 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 compassionate uh, uh, mental health services with the computer, with your phone, or or even you know with uh, those kinds of means. So, uh, in terms of the visit itself, let's again go, come into the the act. So the visits would be like a standard, like fifty minute thing, and uh, or I mean I, don't, I probably hasn't. And there's one. There's not one size fits all. But but in your work, is it? Give us an example of what a typical visit for you would be in terms of duration. That's one part of it. And then there's the question of compensation. What? How, how do we take care of that issue? So let's take talk about duration and co- compensation as, as two pieces.
1: Right. So in terms of duration for a regular therapy session, just like an office, I typically see clients anywhere between 45 to 60 minutes. That's kind of the standard for a regular therapy individual therapy sessions. Um, And we can have ongoing sessions. So I might see people every week, once a week, or once every two weeks, really depending on what their needs are and their level of flexibility in terms of their schedule. That's one great thing I hear is that telehealth really allows for flexibility, especially for parents. in terms of compensation, that would be something that uh, members can seek the answer to either through their insurance or when they sign up for Teladoc on the platform. That might vary from person to person.
0: Now, is it common uh, in in your experience for insurance uh, companies to stand up and, and uh, be willing to accept uh, telehealth uh, uh charges and, and, be, and provide uh, compensation for you or uh, payback for, for patients? Is it quite a common thing? Is it, in other words, is it commonly available in, in typical insurance policies or obviously it's, everything is different with everybody, but just as a general rule another? It, it, maybe the better way of answering the question is how much of your service is typically insurance reimbursed? That's a simple way of answering the question.
1: So All of them, all of my services are reimbursable. You know, telehealth has been around for quite some time um, in getting reimbursed for certain services. But what we've seen with the start of the pandemic is that um, there's been a lot more uptake in insurance payments for telehealth services, understanding that this is the safest way to continue with all treatment, including mental health. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, that's good news, but of course that's such a, a big item on everybody's mind. With with all the people having lost so much, whether they've lost a, their full time job, whether they've are you know in dramatically reduced uh, uh, ability to have income. So the the fact of of the of compensation is a very uh, uh, so so people can the idea that people can afford this. So let's talk, uh, last thing let's do, let's talk about what what Teladoc is and what what makes Teladoc stand out as a service
1: provider. Yeah, so uh, Teladoc's uh, uniqueness is that they offer a wide range of services. And I've seen it really give members who use it an ability to really have more integrated care. It's not just mental health services that they can seek using Teladoc. They can access a doctor for non-urgent needs mm-hmm. 24-7. They can access specialists like dermatologists. These would be specialty providers that you would normally have to make an appointment and wait months to see them in the office. That's not the case with the experts that people can access very quickly and have access to scheduling appointments 24-7. So it really is a wide range of services from mental health to medical to pediatricians to dermatology nutrition. This tends to be the thing that I think draws a lot of people to wanting to use teledoc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of services in one place.
0: Right. So, okay, so y- You're you're the behavioral health quality consultant to TeleDoc, so that's part what what brings you here here with us today. So um, I guess that's we've pretty much covered what I hoped we'd talk about, and uh, I I hope that you can continue to survive in the New Haven. (laughs) To go back to the weather of New Haven, which always sort of stands out in my mind when I think about it. Uh, So. Uh, Dr. Dudley, let's say I'm talking to remind our listeners we're talking to Desiree Dudley. She's a licensed uh, clinical psychologist, and she's a teledoc provider, and she works in New Haven, Connecticut. And it's been a pleasure, uh, Dr. Desiree Dudley, to have you with us today on Health Matters. Thank you for taking the time for us.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me
0: on. Okay. Good day now. Thank you.